Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson. All right, what would you say, all these years being in ministry, mm-hmm. writing marriage and family books and our last book on parenting, what would you say most parents in the church would say is the most important thing they can do to raise kids that love Jesus? Uh, most would say get them in a good church, good youth program, or a good Christian school. I think most people would say that and think that. Well, I'm asking what you would say. Oh. No, I asked you what others would say. <laughs> Actually, I'm just setting up Don Everts is with us today, and he wrote a book about this. Right. And, I mean, the title is The Spiritually Vibrant Home. So, Don, you're a pastor, you're a dad, you're a husband, you've researched this, but we can't wait to hear your expertise. Cause it doesn't matter what we think yeah. or what yeah. other Christian parents think. It matters what you think. So, welcome to, <laughs> welcome to Family Life Today. Great to be with both of you. Thanks for having me. So, as you sit over there and you listen to that question, yes, you know, you, and we're going to get into the research because yeah. as I went through this book, there's charts everywhere, yeah. and I'm a visual guy, so I kept telling Ann, hey, look at this chart, <laughs> look at that chart. So everything you're going to share with us is really based on research. Yes. But as you think about that same question, okay, so you're a pastor, and you've got three kids. Three kids. That's and so right. you've not only just researched this and written about it, you've got to live this. That's right. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Yeah. What do you think most parents, you probably know, how do yeah. they answer that question? Like, I'm guessing most Christian parents are like, I want my kids to love Jesus. I want them to grow yes. into adults yes. that love Jesus. So they're thinking, here's how I do it. What, what's the common answer? I think the default for a lot of people in the circles that I've been in is similar to what do I do if I want my kid to have good teeth? I take <laughs> yeah. them to the professionals. I, I take them to the dentist. That's my job. I bring them to someone who can help them. And I think it's the same. I, I think the default answer in a lot of churches is I'm going above and beyond if I get my kids to church. And that's more than a lot of people do. I feel heroic to do it yeah. and exhausted after doing it on some Sundays. <laughs> And that's it, right? And so I deliver them to the experts, the youth minister or the pastor himself or, you know, someone who's going to disciple them and that sort of thing. I think that's the temptation that people have. Those are good goals to have. But are they the best? And is that what grows our kids spiritually? Exactly. And that's what, you know, looking both at research and at what the scriptures say about kind of God's plan or what really works. Well, let's start with and you start in the book with households. Yes, you know, why that is the center, why that's important, even to Jesus, even scripturally. Yeah. Yeah. So help us, you know, start there. Yeah. You know, it turns out that households are mentioned by name in the Bible over 2,100 times. I mean, we're used to thinking of like God relates with me as an individual and that's like beautiful and that's true. And there are passages that remind us of that. Right. And we know that God relates with his people. So like the nation in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament like God relates with us as a congregation. So it's like those are the categories we have. But when you put on your household lenses and you start flipping through the Bible, you realize, oh, there's this other category kind of in between those two that is everywhere in the Bible. You know, you can just read right over it. You're not used to thinking about it. But it turns out that the household, God sees it as 
the real like redemptive laboratory, like the discipleship laboratory that God promotes throughout the Old New Testament is the household. And so that's why our research centered on that and why the research kind of made us return back to the Bible. What was God's idea with the household and what parents and kids and grandparents and extended households, how are we designed to be people of faith and to pass that on from one generation to another? And the household's pretty central to that. Hmm. Howard, you answer that question when you study the Bible. And, you, and of course, this is what we do at Family yeah, Life. Yeah, what's on Scripture, too? It's all about the household. It's all yes. about the family. As you try to answer that question, okay, what was God's yes. intent, mission for the family? Yeah. How would you answer that? I mean, I feel like Deuteronomy 6 is huge. Yeah. And so you're there on the plains of Moab and, you know, Moses is like reiterating and here's what God says. I mean, that's where we get the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here's everything he says, right? And it's like the handing over of the words of God. And right at that moment is when the words from God are, now everything I've just given you, I want you to talk about it when you lie down at night, when you're walking on the way. Talk about it with your children, write it on the doorposts, put it on the gate of your home. Like it was meant to be like talked about and lived out within the context of their household. Mm. And that's from the very beginning, right? And then you can kind of trace from there. You think of Joshua going into the promised land. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What does that mean? And why is that there? And, and you start realizing all these folks who are like being used by God and doing things for God in the scriptures it usually says, and their household. <laughs> yeah. But we kind of read right over that. It's so funny. I've never thought of that so much. Like those verses, all of us know those verses. Right. We hear it, but that's we right. don't think of that's attached to our homes, our households, our people. Yes. yes. I think there's something particular about our culture in the West because there's such an emphasis on the individual. Mm. And, and it is true that God relates with us as individuals, but we tend to kind of keep going back to that. And I think it makes us miss mm-hmm. what's like on most pages of the Bible, which is <laughs> you operate in households. And like that's how God intends it to be. So I would say it starts there, right? And then you see it all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, where you have households that God sees households. Households rise and fall together. I mean, that's a huge emphasis in the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, Not just, you know, live a certain way because it's good for you. It's live a certain way because it's good for your household. And if you do other things, it's not just that you're guilty. It's bad for your household. Like that's emphasized in the wisdom literature. So it's all throughout there, this that we live in households. We're intended to live in households and they matter to God. So that very thought for where we started, a lot of Christian parents think the church is central. That's right. Get them to the church, get them in a youth group. Yes. Which obviously it is. That's right. But you're saying really scripturally, probably more important than the church. I mean, I I know know they're both way up there, but the household, your family is critical. That's right. Ultimately, it is this partnership and it takes both. But there is a way I think that it's tempting for us to kind of abrogate our responsibility, have the church take care of it. And some of that is because it's not that people don't don't want to do it or are lazy or whatever. In my experience, a lot of it is because people are parenting and grandparenting how they were parented and grandparented. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, when we started really wrestling with this at the church I was in at the time, where I was pastoring at the time, there was a lot of insecurity in people and even a lot of shame as people began to talk about, I remember this dad saying to me, 
Because one of the findings, you know, this is not shocking, is that if you like pray as a household, like that helps your faith grow, right? So it's not rocket science. But this one dad saying to me, he pulled me aside after class and he said, I don't know how to pray out loud. And I've never prayed out loud. And he just kind of said that with this heaviness, like, because you know how intense parents are about wanting to raise their kids, you know, wanting their kids to turn out well. And he's realizing it, it depends on me. Like, I don't know how to do this. So it's not necessarily that he's like, eh, let someone else teach my kid how to pray. It was someone who, in his transparency, was saying, I don't know how to do it. And so, like, for someone like that, like, the good news of the research is, like, you don't have to be really good at this. Mm-hmm. That's the really good news, right? So I just, like, shared with that guy. I said, brother, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't have to pray well. <laughs> you just have to pray. And I said, and frankly, the research shows us you don't even have to be the one who does it. Just initiate it. Like, just say, like, hey, we're about to go on vacation. We're all getting in the minivan and just say, hey, I think someone should pray before we go. You don't even have to do it. (laughs) Just, like, initiate it. Or with the Bible, like, you don't have to know a lot. You don't have to, like, preach sermons. You just need to be in the Bible with each other. And that activity, it's just like being in the game, hitting the ball back at all. The research tells us is the game changer and makes the difference and and we start to grow. So I found when I started to invite people to think about their household and the spiritual health of their household, it was really scary for people to do that. Mm -hmm. And it brought up all sorts of feels, all sorts of feels. Early on in this one class that we did in this this one mom, uh, just with tears, you know, I was learning how to talk about this. So I was like, on a scale of zero to 10 in these three different categories, how do you score? And it brought her to tears. And she said, my household is not spiritually vibrant at all. We're spiritually dormant. And she just started crying. Hmm. And so I ditched having people score. (laughs) I was like, that was a lesson for me. (laughs) But it's so tender. And again, grandparents are involved, single people. I mean, everyone is involved in the biblical view of households. And we can talk about that. But I think especially for parents who have kids in the home, it is so tender Research confirms what scripture tells us, which is just start hitting the ball back. Just get in the game a little bit and start into some of these activities. And there are three that were highlighted in the research that came out. But it's like, just don't even be great. Don't try to be great. Just get in the game. And even that is a real game changer. And so that's not heavy. That's actually empowering and inspiring. Yeah, that is. I mean, I know because I'm a parent, you know, and we feel Uh, we want our kids to grow up to be men and women of faith, yeah. and we feel that we're not doing a good job. I think every parent feels that way. Yeah. And so when you say, there's just three things you got to do, yeah. and I had no idea until I read it, what's a messy prayer, <laughs> loud tables, and open doors. So yeah. I think parents are leaning in mm-hmm. right now saying, okay, I'm that mom. I'm in tears. Yeah. We're dormant. We're not vibrant. You're telling me that we can be vibrant, and it's not a big leap. Okay, so what do I do? And Dave, let me add this too. I think when we have our kids are growing up and they're teenagers, I remember feeling like they don't want me to talk about it. They're like, Mom, you're so... (laughs) They don't want you to talk about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's it. But I do remember because as they were little, I was talking about it a lot. And then there came this phase where they're all in different places spiritually. And so I felt like I'm bugging them. 
Mom, could you stop talking about yeah. it? We already know. And so yeah. then as parents, we have a tendency like, am I doing it wrong? Should you pull I back, pull too. Back? That's what I was going to say. I pulled yeah. back. Sure. Yeah, so where do we start? Because it was yes. pretty interesting research to find out that, man, it all came down to that. I don't know it's not just these three yeah, things. Yeah, but yeah. It sort of ended there. The research showed us that there are three activities that tend to correspond with more vibrant faith in the home. And none of these are – well, one of them shocking. Two of them aren't shocking. One of them shocking. <laughs> so they are – to apply spiritual disciplines. So that's what I call messy prayers. It's like you have some kind of Bible life and some kind of prayer life together. The second one is engaging in spiritual conversations. So I call that loud tables. Hmm. Research tells us if a family's all together and they're talking, usually they're eating food. Hmm. That's what the research says. Yeah. And so just talking about spiritual things. So that's the second one. So those aren't hugely surprising. And then the third one did surprise us, and that is what we call open doors or extending hospitality, the more hospitable a household is, the more vibrant the faith of those who are in the home. And we can talk about why that, oh, like so that shocks us. We didn't expect to find that. Yeah. Because you tend to think, well, if I close my family off, protect them from the world outside, and it turns out like having an insular household is actually a risk factor for their faith. But having open doors, and it doesn't even matter who the people are. Hmm. It doesn't matter if they're Christians or not. Having people in and out of your household actually increases spiritual vibrancy. So we, we can get into that. But those are the three. Messy prayers, loud tables, and open doors. That those three just activities and being active in those areas tends to correspond with more spiritual vibrancy. Okay, so let's talk messy yeah. prayers. Let's yeah. You know, I, I know it. it's not just praying. That's right. Although it sounds like it, but it's yeah. spiritual discipline. What's that look like I, in the home? I like that you named it messy prayers. Yeah, that's... That you can because remember. It, it and well, they're messy. And they are messy and because everyone has this, like, I need to be perfect as a parent and do all this. And so I want, and I'm thinking of that dad. Yeah. You know, who's like, I don't know how to pray. I can't pray like the pastor. I can't exactly. pray like oh, that's a pretty prayer. You know, so messy prayers, like you just have to, like, interact with God together in some way. And so some of that is prayer. So some of that is like, hey, before the meal, you know, we have one of us pray. I like liturgies, so that's, like, I'm nerdy like that. Mm. And when I started getting the research, like, it, it was really convicting me because we're our household was strong in some of these and not as strong in some of these. And I, as a parent, was strong in what some of these. What do you mean? You wrote the book. You, you were I strong know, in all but I did them. call it messy, didn't I? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, my youngest, when, when I would tuck him in, he's now 15. He doesn't let me tuck him in anymore. But <laughs> when I would tuck him in and I would say prayers with him and, and I, I would say amen, and he would say, he, for a while he started saying, that's it? What? And I, Yeah. And That's I said, what, well, what do you mean? He's like, you don't have any, anything else to pray? Mom prays way longer than you do. <laughs> yeah, you said that in the book. That yeah. He, that he commented, mom's a better prayer than you. Totally. My kids would <laughs> totally, totally say totally. the same thing. Yeah. But it's just being in the game. So, like, when I was in the research, it was like, okay, applying spiritual disciplines. Like, I want to be in prayer more with my household. And so one of the things I did, I ran into this book called Every Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey, which is this like, it's just like new liturgy. So there's like a liturgy for your morning coffee. Yep. There, there's like a liturgy We've for seen it. changing diapers. Yeah, all we had them on. It's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that when I first picked it up, I'm like, seriously, right. liturgy for folding the laundry? Or putting right. your and dog then I started down. to read them. <laughs> totally. And I was like blown away. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So you do that? So I, yeah, well, in working on this research, I was convicted. Like, I need to be in prayer more and and so i started like all the time i had that book with me 
So much so that my family now teases me. I mean, there's, I mean, in my first week of like doing this, like we were, oh, there's a liturgy for that. So now it doesn't matter what it is. You know, we're watching March Madness. Is there a liturgy for that, Dad? Yeah, I mean, they're like teasing me about it. But here's the thing. I'm in the game. Yeah. You know, and I'm leaning in like I want a little more than I did last year to be as a household interacting with God. So some of it's prayer. And there's so many different things people can try. And then some of it's being in the Bible, right? And so that's everything from, sure, you could lead a family devotion, but it could also be, hey, this is my favorite, you know, verse to, you know, I've known family, so they'll just, in re- hearing the research, they just started writing scripture verses on their walls hmm. and just kind of put, I mean, it says in there, you know, put yeah. it on the gates, you know, like just putting up or I, I started taking a, with a dry erase marker, you can write on windows and mirrors. Yeah. And I started, like, putting scripture verses up on our, like, front window some, and on the front door, the window on the front door as we came in and out. Is that silly? I don't care. It was like helping my household relate with God together. And that's one of the things the research says. Yeah, one of the things yeah. that I loved about your book is, you know, under messy prayers, you have arranged the kindling, add another logs, yeah. stoke the coals. This and then you good. give all these ideas, yeah. which you just said, yeah. shared several of them. Yeah. But, I mean, under arrange the kindling, you know, sort of getting the fire going a little bit, spend more time together playing, eating, and simply having fun. You're like, whoa, whoa, wait. I thought I had (laughs) to pray all the time. We're like, no, 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 just start with being together and having some fun. Prayers come out of that, right? They do. The research showed us that these spiritually vibrant households, so they're doing these three activities together, are doing everything together. Mm. They're doing chores together. They're singing together. They're, I mean, not to paint a like perfect picture, they're yeah. arguing together. You yeah. know, they're, they do homework together. They go to the movies, they eat. You want a household that has an atmosphere of like you do stuff together, even fun stuff. And so if someone's sitting there like, yeah, we don't even talk to each other. We're all in our own rooms on our own devices. Yeah. Like, how can I go from that <laughs> to like leading a family devotion? That is not happening. And that's why I use the image of like, well, don't, don't go from no embers to a bonfire. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Start interacting more together. Like that's actually a catalyst. Eat more. Go out to eat together. Those are catalysts for altering the atmosphere of your household where you are doing more things together. Even that is creating an environment that is more conducive to these things. Even when our kids were little, I remember thinking, I have no time with Jesus now. I used to have this great little <laughs> totally. sit-down devotional. Quiet time. Quiet yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And then I had babies, and I thought, I can't even do this anymore. Like, yeah. my kids were up early. I had three boys, so they're really rambunctious, and our household is crazy. And so what I realized is that I just have to bring, it's really Deuteronomy 6, Yes. into our family like i'm just gonna pray all the time yeah if i'm thinking it and, and i'm desperate she does i was i was but you guys <laughs> does. It was it's actually beautiful i was so yeah. desperate yeah. and broken and i'm seeing the sinfulness she's of my for life a parking spot she's praying yeah i mean it's just like no i'd be like going to school in the morning i'm saying jesus it's cloudy again <laughs> yeah like yeah. Oh, lord and just talking to yes. him sharing what That's i'm right. feeling thinking I'd have the boys then, you know, even as little elementary, like kindergartners. Guys, is there anything you need prayer for? Do you want to pray for that? Pray for each other? Yes. But I also realized if I wasn't thinking about that, it's because it wasn't on my heart and mind. 
which then was convicting, like, I haven't thought about anything spiritually all yeah. day. Yeah. But that was a little bit of a clue of, I need to get in the Word or listen to the Word. We have so many great tools yeah, now absolutely. that we can just put, yeah. you know, our audio on, our audible on and listen to the Word. Well, here's the thing. We've only yeah. talked about one of the three. Yeah. yeah. And I think you've given us some great direction on how to do that. So I would say to a listener, just pray. That's it. Or initiate. Here, here's what you can do. That's right. Have your son pray. Have your, you don't even have to, That's but right. if you just initiate a messy prayer. And I used to think, cause you know, when the kids were little, you'd be praying and kids are crawling on your head. They're throwing things oh, into yeah. the fireplace. They're oh, not yeah. listening. And oh, you're yeah. like, this doesn't work. It's supposed to be this nice, tight little family. No, that's messy. Normal. It, yeah, that's, that's right. good. And it's good and it's right. And it's, and again, if people, if it's too much, like, well, we're going to fold our hands and close our eyes. Yeah. You know, don't do that. Yeah. You know, I encourage like this one dad uh, at my church who wanted to pray more, but like, how do I initiate it? And I said, pray blessings. Like, with, mm. just extend your hand. They're walking out the door. You're dropping off at school. May you just say, may you, and then say things you want for them. Yeah. And that's prayer. And then that's a thing, like, for me as a dad, like, that empowered me. And it was convicting because it's like, what do I want for you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It made me think, what what is it that I... Speak it out. How do I speak it out? So, like, vocalizing those things forced me to, like, even pray bigger for my kids and then i involve them so anyone who's at our house who like would be open to it when they're leaving it's like hey kids come on we're gonna pray a blessing over them okay everyone like may you what do you guys want for them what do you guys want so so to kind of like that's prayer yeah that's like relating with god together don't have to be fancy doesn't have to be long. Just, just do it. Just, just do start. it. Just start. Simply. Well, here's the thing. If you're a parent, you're like, what are the other two? Well, you got to listen to tomorrow. That's right. We're going to jump <laughs> Come into on that back. tomorrow. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America... The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at radio at powertochange.org.au. Our website is families.powertochange.org.au where you can check out articles and many other resources on marriage and family well-being. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.